me, the most exciting thing about it is bringing people together. I find that those people you're just meeting, strangers, they're just not friends yet, but they can become great friends. And when you ask a different question, you sort of connect at a different level. And that's what Gratitude does. It unlocks these different levels of connection between us. And you, know, you might know someone for 10 years and you have a new question you ask and they go, whoa, how is it I never knew this about you? And so those are beautiful moments that are very connecting and bring a lot of love into our lives. Welcome to the Manifest It All podcast, a show for women who truly desire to manifest it all, which stands for abundance, love, and the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Emerald Sinclair, spiritual love and manifestation coach. And every week I'll be bringing you the best manifestation practices, mindset tools, teachings, interviews, and so much more so that you can experience freedom, abundance, and joy in every single area of your life. If you desire to massively up-level your business, your finances, your relationships, and more, then you have come to the right place. It is my purpose, my passion, and my pleasure to show you how to consciously manifest every single day in order to create a life beyond your wildest dreams. Without further ado, thanks for being here, and let's get started. Hello, my love, and today I have a really special episode that is incredibly close to my heart. And I realize it's not fair to say about just one episode because every single episode is so close to my heart. But this one in particular, I interview my dear friend, Sam, who is bringing to market this amazing game, this conscious conversation piece uh, called Gratitude. And I have been part of this journey with Sam since March of this year, 2021. And I would say I have played it the most, except for Sam. (laughs) He brought it down to Ecuador and we played it when we were traveling through Ecuador. We talk about this in the episode a little bit as well. And I am just so passionate about it. And from day one, I told Sam, I'm like, I want to bring you on the podcast. I want to share this with the world because I believe that what we most crave is connection. And it's when we're open and vulnerable with each other that we connect so deeply that we can see the similarities in us all instead of the differences. And this game from day one, when Sam told me about it, was always a yes, deep in my body, deep in my soul. And so in today's episode, I bring Sam onto the podcast and he shares so much more about Gratitude, this little game with a big heart based on a true story. And for me, I just think it's so important that we remember to bring more gratitude into our lives and that we have the courage to open up and be honest and be open and be vulnerable because connection is what we all crave so much. And so there are so many beautiful takeaways in this episode. Sam is such a dear friend. We have such amazing rapport. And I just really hope you enjoy as much as I do. And that I hope you put yourself on the waiting list. We'll put that link down in the show notes. I really hope that you participate in the Kickstarter, which is going to go live in the first quarter of 2022. And as always, I really just hope this episode inspires you to manifest it all because you deserve (laughs) to have it all. So without further ado, enjoy today's episode. And as always, please reach out to me, reach out to Sam, let us know what you thought. If you have any comments or questions or follow-ups, we are so here for you. Sending you so much love. All right, my loves, I am so excited. We have Sam. So cool the founder of the soon-to-be world-renowned game, going to be most played, most gifted game in the world, Gratitude. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. And I love that vision. I'd love to see it be the most gifted game in the world. I mean, it's 11.11 at the time of recording. We, You and I started chatting at 11.11 a.m. your time, 1.11 my time. I mean, we are setting these intentions into the portal about this game. So I invite you to actually just share with us why you're so passionate about Gratitude. 
you know, first of all, I appreciate being here. I, I love the connection we have. I, I, I'm so passionate about this game because we got to develop a lot of this together as we were traveling, playing the game and exploring these, these different spaces between us. And to me, the most exciting thing about it is bringing people together. You know, I, I find that there's sort of like those people you're just meeting, strangers, um, that are just not friends yet, but they can become great friends. And when you ask a different question, you sort of connect at a different level. And that's what Gratitude does. It unlocks these different levels of connection between us. And, you know, you might know someone for 10 years and you have a new question you ask them and go, whoa, how is it I never knew this about you? And so those, those are beautiful moments that are very connecting and, and bring a lot of love into our lives. Yeah. Amen. And I can attest to that. When I had one of the first prototypes that you gave me this summer when I was doing my four-month road trip throughout the U.S., I learned so many things about friends that I'd had for over 20 years. And it was this beautiful way to open up and learn more about someone I knew and loved. And it was this beautiful way to open up and learn about people that I didn't know that well. It was this gorgeous icebreaker. And so I'm absolutely in love with the game. And for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a while, I did mention Sam in one of the episodes. I don't remember when it was. It was a couple months ago when Sam flew down to Ecuador. That's where we met for the first time. First date in Ecuador. That's freaking cool. Um, and that's where we got to play Gratitude and get to know each other either, even more as we were traveling through Ecuador. And so I'm very proud and happy to say that I'm pretty sure I've played it almost not as much as you, but like second on that list of most played Gratitude participants. And it's, it's just been truly phenomenal as someone who also likes to connect, as someone who travels that I have this little square box with all these cards and questions in it as a way to just go deeper with people and have a, a different layer of intimacy and connection instead of the how is your day? How's your job going? Tell me about your relationships, which are not bad questions, but they can get a little bit old and stale. I totally agree. I've been thinking about different ways to sort of convey that. And I, I think we've all had that moment of a conversation where maybe it was about the weather and your job and you walk away going, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just, eh, you know, the meh feeling. And then yeah. when you, when you have a different interaction where it's like you click or you connect and you find that kindred spirit. And it's, I, I keep thinking of like this, this image of a caveman drawing, right? So it's super 2d it's on a wall. It's ancient. It's like, we started there. Yeah. It's some basic communication. Like, uh, I make fire, she <laughs> make food, whatever, like this, this ancient thing. And then that moves and moves and moves until there's more color and there's more interaction. And like, then you're into the 3d. And so that, that, that the people that are connecting around the weather and the job are like, okay, that's one level of connection. But then when sure. you, when you pull someone into your world in that kindred spirit sense, it's almost like you go into the 4d, you start talking about your dreams, your aspirations, the things that inspire you and that space that's the magical space where we're truly evolving. Yes. Oh, and I so resonate with that. And especially once again, like we chose this day, 1111 to do the recording because it is such a powerful portal of manifestation where people can be focusing on their hopes and their dreams and not just your present reality. Like, sure, if you need to talk about the weather, your job, what's going on, that's fine. And at the same time, however, what you're talking about, you're creating. And so if you're talking about what is, you're going to get more of what is versus if you're talking about your dreams and where you're going, then you're ultimately putting that creative energy to use of this is the picture I'm painting. And so I'm curious to know with Gratacube, how many of the questions would you say are more dreamy future focus versus perhaps past tense and digging into what you've experienced? It's a really good question. You know, there, there are a lot of different ways to look at how the questions are, are created or set up or structured. And because there are two cubes, one is space and one is time, the time. Oh, cube yeah. Explain. Can, actually, explain that a little bit. Sorry to interrupt you, but actually explain the format of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we know the game so well. And yeah, I know. We're like, let's go into it. <laughs> <laughs> to share a little Sorry. Bit. So, yeah. 
there, there are two cubes, one is space and one is time. And the space is about emotional spaces. These are spaces where we might choose to live, but it's really a blend. It's not one space or another space, but it's really a blend of spaces. So on this cube, and it's really a 12-sided die. When I say a cube, you might imagine a, a perfect six-sided cube, and that's the time die. It's an actual cube. This one has 12 sides to it, and it's just beautiful, and it's fun, and has a pentagon face on each side. Anyway, the words are courage, fear, anger, wisdom, regret, gratitude, joy, love, anger. So there are all sorts of different spaces, emotional spaces that make up our stories, right? And you may say, well, gosh, I don't want to talk about shame. Well, that's okay. You don't have to. This game doesn't require you to do anything, but you might find that, you know, it's a shame we don't get together more often, or exactly. it's a shame that uh, I haven't talked about this concept with my family before. And what might we learn if we opened that door and found, wow, we moved on from there. We didn't, we don't live there. That's not the space where we set up a home and that's where we are all the time, but there are shameful moments and we go past those onto new and other spaces, maybe through wisdom. So that's really the power of this, the space die. And then the time die has past, never, sometime, future, always, and now. And each of those has its own power. So when you combine these two, if you were to roll these two cubes, you'd get a result of two words. And then you'd say, well, gosh, uh, you know, I'll roll them right now just to see. Yeah, do it. Roll it. Let's see what comes up. Okay, so I got trust and now, which is, is really perfect when you think about it. And, you know, what happens when I trust the now? For me, I see flow show up. When I trust the now and there's not fear, there's not regret, there's no, those, those sort of uh, contracted emotions are gone. And I trust the now, then things just flow and new things are welcome. And, and I can be in, in partnership with people. And it, it, that just feels like the right space. The place I want to be is now. That's the most powerful space. And, and trust, of course, uh, yeah, it's like, do I trust myself to trust others? Yeah. And it's so interesting. That that's what came up because these are the conversations I've been having so recently with these friends I've made down here in Tulum, which is, do you trust in the flow of the universe? Do you trust in yourself? Or are you putting too much energy and attention on the ego and you're trying to control it all because you think you know what's best. And I've been filled with such a state of gratitude that I trusted myself and I trusted my intuition and the messages I was getting to come down here because this has absolutely been blowing my mind every single day I go to bed in such gratitude that I am here and that I trusted myself. And at the same time, don't we only ever have the eternal now as far as being present or creating and moving forward? And so... How gorgeous that those are the dice that you just roll. Okay, so with the game, you can roll the dice and you can use those words as prompts or not, right? Like you, you get a choice if you want how, at what level you want to participate. That's exactly right. And so you could play with just the cubes. You could roll the cubes and see what comes up. We just had a retreat this last weekend and exactly that. And people would roll three times just sort of to see what would come up. And it was interesting that in some cases, even though the probability says otherwise, they got the same word three times on one die and the other one changed. You go, whoa, that's interesting. So maybe there's something there. And for, for one person, it was family. So it's family, family, family. And then now in the past, <laughs> you have these different, yeah. different places uh, in time. But um, you asked about time before, and, and that was one of the questions around how does it, um, you, the, you also said the eternal now, right? The uh, forever now and the eternal now. And so I think time is an illusion and it comes up again and again and again in my life and it's see it in the game. And if I get creative, you know, it's, for example, there might be a question like, what is it you've always wanted to become in your life? Let's say, okay, what have you always wanted to become? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you get roll future and says, okay, what do I still want to become? Well, maybe you're all past. Yeah. You think, oh, what did I want to become when I was a kid? So the, the time is, is really a way you can get creative and play the game from a lot of different perspectives. So you might have, there are 64 cards in the game and maybe you play the first time, second time, third time, and you get a, a, the same card three times when you play the game. But chances are you got different rolls of the dice. And so you can really yeah. play with and explore those, those questions in, in a different way.
Well, and I can attest to how much you and I played in Ecuador. And at, I mean, we'd gone through the deck multiple times at that point because we played together. We played with my parents. We played with JC and Ariane. We played with the entire group at the going away party. And so you and I had already, I would say, pulled the same cards with each other multiple times. And yet every time it seemed to be a different story because of either the roll of the die or based on what everybody else was saying, it brought up different ideas in your minds of, oh, I have the same question, but a different story am I inspired to share, right? So it's really just kind of beautiful how a game of questions and die can go a myriad of paths. It's so true. And I, you know, the, the, the thought that's coming to mind is a river is never the same river twice. Yes. Yeah. So yes. imagine like you've changed the people around you are the contextual element that also shape your story in that moment. You may hear something and you thought, Ooh, I never thought about it like that. And that's one of the things that to me is like really juicy about this. And it's hard to start with, but once you sort of get yourself steeped in these concepts is to say, what if we're telling the same story different ways? And we begin to realize that that's just a story, but that's not who I am. And yeah. what if I heard someone else's story and thought, well, that could just as easily have been my story. And maybe it can be, maybe I change the way I've processed, you know, the, whatever's happened has happened. <laughs> I mean, the eternal now is still here. So I can't change. I can't go back in the time machine. Of course, that's fun to think about too, a little time machine, but go back and change whatever happened. But the next time something comes up, maybe I go about it differently, or maybe I retell the story as I would like to have lived it. And so yeah. those are some places where I think we change, where we have the potential to choose differently and, and have a different outcome. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy you're saying this right now, because one of my favorite things to share with my clients and friends is you can't change the past, but you can change your perception of it. You can change your story about it, your feelings about it. And that right there is that miracle moment, right? And of course, in miracles, it's not changing the situation, but it's praying to God to ask to shift your perception of a situation. And so have you seen that come up in gratitude when you've played like people shifting their perspective of their story yeah big time i mean this is a tool like any other tool you could use it in a number of different ways and it might open up something for you or it might not for someone else and whatever so you'll decide what tools work for you i've found that hearing other people's stories can sort of either disassociate where I'm like, well, that's weird. That's not really my story. Or I can go, whoa, there's some elements there of my story. There was a gentleman who told a story about his um, grandfather who had survived the Holocaust. And, and this is somebody who was really very short. And I'm looking at the guy telling the story. This guy's six foot four. He's this, he's this tall, tall guy. And he's telling the story about how his, his grandfather, when he was born, was malnourished and lived in this barn in France. And, and he tells this amazing story. And, and what was so beautiful about the story, first of all, um, the, the connection for us is my grandma was also a survivor of the Holocaust. So we have that in common. We both have this sort of survivor story. And what he said that I found really interesting was about his grandfather having dementia and starting to slip away. And so it was like an onion and you're peeling layers of the onion away. And so in one way, when you hear that story, it could be really sad and say, oh my gosh, I'm losing this person. They're slipping away from me. All the things I know about them are gone. And instead, what he was saying is, as you peel these layers of the onion, his grandfather became more beautiful to him. Mm. And one thing that he noticed, he said, when they would walk around because of dementia, there's sort of a, there's a memory issue, there's a recognition issue in, in your brain and all sorts of things. But he would see somebody, his grandfather, and he'd say, oh, I know that lady. She's a beautiful lady. She's really wonderful. She's the nicest lady. And he didn't know her, right? I mean, there's a grandkid that knows his grandfather doesn't know this person. And yet what was so beautiful about him is that's where he started. Mm -hmm. grandfather started by seeing beauty in everyone and as those layers peeled out you could actually you know it's like the walls had come down you could just see the essence of this this being and so I feel like those are some of the beautiful stories that make me wonder okay my grandma didn't get dementia she did survive the holocaust and yet she started there too she started in this place of seeing people in their beauty and so I feel really inspired to say okay now I've heard those two stories how do I start when I see somebody? Do I, do I see them in that same light? And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So it becomes a reminder and it's inspiring to think 
we can, we can live there. You know, it's, it's possible yeah. to see the best in people and, and start with uh, thinking of them as, as really wonderful and interesting people. Yeah. And that's really beautiful. And I remember when, before we hit record, when you were sharing another story, if you don't mind sharing it again, right. With one of your decks that you gave away. Um, I, I won't take the words out of your mouth, but like that, that similar concept of how this can bring such beautiful connection. So would you share that story again? Yeah, I, I do. I do get to hear a lot of very intimate stories. So I'm careful not to share anyone's story, but I'll do my best to share the essence. Um, there, there are a few people that have asked to play this game with friends that are going through a tough time. And in one case, it's um, somebody has terminal cancer. And so these friends asked to, to play together. And I didn't, first of all, even know they just said, our friend's going through a tough time. Can, you know, we want to play this game with her. And I said, okay, <laughs> let's do it. And then I found out through the story, what was going on in her health. And for them, you know, they had offered, Hey, there are a number of different things we can do. Now, somebody who has stage four cancer, that's in this end stage right before hospice, she was, I think a day or two out of hospice meaning going into, or maybe coming home from hospice anyway, in the, in the, the final stages of, of mortal life. And so what do you, what do you want to do? And she's very weak. She's hardly able to pick her head off the pillow. And she chose this game, you know, based on what she knew about it, which was very little at the time. And her friends um, got to share with her very, very intimate details and, and very heartfelt sentiments that were very real for them. And I was only the facilitator. I wasn't there sharing anything as the facilitator. I was helping them play the game and that was the last time that those people got to experience uh, that connection with their friend because she passed a little bit shortly thereafter. So, you know, I think there's an opportunity at all times to have the real conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Not have to have it wait until something dramatic or drastic like that, right? Like how can we move forward with that level of connection and openness and vulnerability and rawness and not have it to be someone has terminal cancer or they're on their deathbed. I mean, how can we be this open and raw with each other? And I would, I mean, I would beg to argue that gratitude is a way that we can do that if we decide that we're going to show up because I mean, you and I have seen it playing the game together and separately, everyone has their own level of how deep they're willing to go, how deep they're willing to share. But from my experience, what I've noticed is it only takes one or two people to start to go deep before everybody else joins in and decides, I, I want to be vulnerable as well. I'm ready to go to that deeper level because we all realize we're all humans. We all have our fears and insecurities and stories. And like, that's what brings us together on such a deeper level of connection. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you asked before, what's my experience of playing this game? And I, I just want to reiterate what you said. I'm not going to repeat it. I, I, I love what you said. It's, it's, it's accurate to me. People come in to this space feeling a little nervous, a little anxious, as I think we all do for whatever our reasons. And I can't say all of us, but I think a lot of us, when we're going to be around other people, have the perception we want them to have of us. We have our perceptions of them. We think whether it's safe or not, we wear the clothes we want, the image, like there are all of these different elements as we come into space with other people. And there are boundaries, there are sort of walls that can be put up. And inside, I think we all want to connect deeply. We will all want to hear and we all want to be heard and want to understand. We want to be understood. And mm -hmm. so many times we put up those walls that doesn't happen. And so we sort of live this, this life, maybe you're with a lot of people and you still feel very you know, lonely and isolated. And when you can come into the space, see, it's an invitation. All of it's an invitation. This game is, is nothing. It's cards, it's dice, it's a box of, of you know, things. But when you show up at a party or when we're traveling and there's a travel delay, which there were many. When we were traveling, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my all gosh. those floods and landslides, but we had Gratitude. It was great. We didn't have yeah, water, but times, we had Gratitude. It didn't matter where we were, right? At any given yeah. time with all of the world was literally falling and crumbling around us, literally. And here yeah. we were playing and watching yeah. the countryside and experiencing this and sitting in long delays here, but it didn't matter because we were in that, that present moment. So I think when, whenever we take that opportunity to connect, right? And this is such a great tool for that. 
So maybe mm-hmm. you're traveling. You see, I go to a restaurant and I see people sitting there and, and they look either married or dating or something, and they are just silent. It's so strange to me. And yet I just I imagine I want to take a few cars and just go like put them on the table, Nick. Uh, I'm a Here. little bit of a discuss. You know, here's, here's gratitude. Good card. Right. You know? So right. go for it. But it's that invitation. So I think we all at any given time can invite people into a conversation. And you're right. It starts at sort of this cursory level. And then when people see, oh, they shared something and they didn't die. side of us the amygdala fires up like i'm i can't do this it's just too scary public speaking what if people really knew what i was thinking right Right. and then you start maybe with a little bit and then you go a little deeper and a little deeper and what what i see at the end so to speak the end there's no real end here but but at the end of the game and the interaction together is people are sort of in that open gaze almost like the, the feeling of going if you've ever been to like an outdoor camping experience and you're around the fire and you got the s'mores and the fire's crackling in the background and you just look at somebody with an open gaze and you feel love for them. And that's yeah. where you get. So you move out of that anxious nervousness into this space of feeling loved and respected and heard. And to me, that's what this, this whole experience on, on, you know, this realm, <laughs> wherever we are, whatever this reality is, that is okay. what it's about. Let's, let's remind each other who we are and, and be in love with each other. Yeah. Oh, I can so resonate with that when you were talking about that loving gaze. So this last weekend, I did a workshop with a bunch of, maybe there's like 20 of us there, maybe 15. And none of us really knew each other. Some of us had like kind of met each other over the last couple of weeks. Some people were brand new, fresh fresh out of Canada, eh? fleeing the country, coming to Mexico. <laughs> and so a workshop was organized by one of the guys. It was like, hey, let's just all come together. And everyone offers a little taste of their teachings, their passion, right? We have so many different coaches and healers and whatnot down here. And one of the women led an exercise, which I've done before, that's so powerful, but you look someone in the eye and you answer a question. And one of them was, if you really knew me, you would know that. And I answered the question to one person and we moved around the circle and someone different answered the question to me. And it was kind of amazing how deep we both went. I can't speak for the other 18 people, but I imagine it's the same because this group was very open and heart centric and vulnerable and they've done the work and they're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to share it because they understand the value of connection. And I don't have a fear to hide. Like if you really knew me, you would know that. And the woman that shared with me, like what she said was so raw and so beautiful and so deep that all I had was love for her. It wasn't like, oh, you poor thing. Like, I'm so sorry. Let me fix you. Cause it was you know, really raw and deep and vulnerable. It was just, oh my God, woman, like you are so beautiful. You are so lovely that you just opened up to a complete stranger. Like it just, I had such love for her. And I know that part of that was just because her willingness to completely open her heart up. And that's what I really feel about gratitude. Of like, if people are willing to go deep, it's such a level of love and connection that you can't replace if you're just going to play at that surface level. But if you're willing, like it, it can be such a, a deep level of connection and intimacy and vulnerability. Yeah, and I, I love those moments of deep connection. And it reminds me of this, this gentleman, uh, Dr. Lord Michael Hastings. I mean, that's, that's a lot of pedigree in front of his name, Dr. That's Lord name. Michael. I'm like, well, whatever you have to say, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> you got my right? <laughs> He's just a fantastic human being. So he was talking about how the Maori uh, will go nose to nose and look at each other. And it's sort of extraordinary. He said, you can't hate anyone when you're that close to them, nose to nose. You really can't hate when you look into somebody's eyes at that level of, of physical closeness, you really can't hate them. And yeah. anytime we gaze into someone's eyes is, is that opportunity. And you know, some people do struggle with that and that's okay. You know, it really is okay. People will, like you said, in the game, they'll play maybe a little at the more superficial level. And then they see someone else open up and they go, okay, I'll, I'll open up a little bit more. And by sort of the third round, there's this deep dive it's sort of a deep dive and it's happening. It's, it's almost, it is almost like a pool. You know, we talk about dipping our toe in the pool and some people are jumping off the diving board and some people have got scuba gear on, whatever, you know, <laughs> each person is experiencing that differently, but if you sort of leave people there long enough, 
everyone's going to go touch the water. Not, not everyone. Okay. There might be someone that's like, ah, water, I'm allergic to water. It's going to kill me. And so the wicked witch <laughs> disappears, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but there is that idea that if we're given enough time with each other, we realize that it's safe that we will do that. And it's just that sometimes that little extra push, you know, that little extra invitation to share. And if people realize that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to die. Um, okay. And it opens up a little bit more and a little bit more. So you might find that, oh, our friend group just got stronger mm-hmm. because we shared some things that, you know, here's what I'm really thinking. Here's what I'm really feeling. If you really knew me, this is what you would know about me. And then you find out that, gosh, you really didn't know that person at all. You asked a different question. Right. What questions aren't we asking if we did would transform our lives beyond, you know, most wild expectations that we have. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do it. Let's pull a card and and answer the question. Let's see what we have yet to learn about each other. I love it. I've got these cards right here. You see, you can't see them, but you can kind of hear them. You got 64 beautiful rainbow colored cards with a big G on the background for gratitude. And how about I pull a card for you first? You just tell me, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to hold these up and I just tell me when to stop. Uh, that one. Okay. It's oh, sticking that, one, yeah. that one, that yeah, one yeah, could yeah. be the, yeah. Ready the for me. bestest in the whole world. Let's see what it says. Okay. And then I'm going to roll the cubes for you. Let me know when to let them rip. Let them rip, baby. Okay. All right. Apparently we're just going to have powerful rolls all day. This is a good one. You've got now enjoy on the Ooh. cubes. Right? Okay. Now enjoy. Mm-hmm. And this card says, if I dared to be more humble, I would dot, dot, dot. If I dared to be more humble, I would. And then it was now enjoy. Now enjoy. Okay. So if I dared to be more humble, quite honestly, I see it going both ways. I see myself experiencing more joy in the present moment because there is an aspect of humility where if I'm not in my humility, then I'm overconfident, like, woo, let's just have so much fun. I'm a cat's meow, like more of that Sagittarius persona. And at the same time, I also believe that if I was more humble, that would mean the ego, the role, the Sagittariusness that I put on sometimes is a sign of protection of like, I'm scared for them to see me. So I'm going to be this vibrant, exuberant, whatever, emerald. And so if I was more humble, I could actually see being more connected to my heart and being more joyful in that in the now moment and so for me what I'm really feeling in this card is it's a really beautiful reminder to have that authenticity of joy whether it's me dropping down into my heart and being more humble or when I'm more playful more confident more egoic and still allowing like that side to show as well yeah I really like that yeah. And I have, you can't see these either, but there are two different co- other kinds of cards. There are these gratitude cards and there are curiosity cards. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about the curiosity card I want to give you here. And um, the one that, that I have in mind and in, in my hand here is what advice would you give me about that? Oh, you, Sam, I am. <laughs> Sam, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so the advice that I would give you is to actually be less humble because I believe you like you're such an incredible human being. And I mean, I think we can say this for all of us. Sometimes we're hardest on ourselves. And since of course, everything I know about law of attraction and manifestation, what I want for you is even more in your power, in your confidence as a light worker, changing the world. Like this is the bomb diggity. This came through me. I'm here to deliver it to the world. It's not of me. It's through me. And so my advice to you, my love would just be less humble and step into even more of your amazingness and your power. Well, then I'm just going to give you one of these gratitude cards because I really appreciate what you shared. Thank you. Um, That really does, that does uh, resonate with me. And it's, it's something I'm, I'm certainly working on. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. there's so much with Work wanting to bring this game to life. And I, I think what you just shared mm-hmm. is very powerful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, your turn. Pull a card. Roll a die. All right, let's pull a card. Where did I put the stack? Here it is. Got it, got it, got it. I'm going to pull. Oh, that one looks like it wants to be called into existence. What does it say? Okay. And I'm going to roll the cubes. The gratitude cubes. Man, that, that was a very different role. All right. Oh. Anger and never. Woo. Oh. The other end of the spectrum. From now we went to never and then from joy to anger. And 
This card says, describe a time when you've had no money. Oh. Yeah. That <laughs> it brings me <laughs> back to my childhood. We, we grew up with very little money. My mom was a single mom um, going to school to become a teacher. So real high paying job and being a teacher, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, we were living at, we didn't really know any of this until we found that we were living below the poverty line, which I think was $11,000 a year. Whoa. So trying to imagine that. And of course, that's a few years ago, but not that many years ago. So right. it really wasn't a lot of money. And we were uh, going to school in the school lunch program. So like we had to go to this other place to get lunch. My mom was at school or sleeping or whatever she was doing. So it was very much like we had to kind of figure it out as kids. And um, we would go as a family to pick up uh, produce at the church. So they would, people would donate food and uh, that never felt very good. You know, we certainly you're going to school and you're like, maybe there are other people in the school lunch program, but you're, you're sort of like two different groups, the normal kids and then those poor kids that don't have, don't have enough money. Um, And Mm -hmm. that, that never felt very good. So um, thinking about like anger and never um, I don't, there's, you know, I think about things happening for a reason. It, it's driven me to be more resilient. Mm-hmm. And I never think that I'll be there again. <laughs> I don't think I'll be in the school lunch program. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't plan on ever doing that. I never think that, you know, about that happening to me again in my future. But I do think about that happening for so many people so many children uh, going to school that are maybe not getting any lunch at all. I mean, I, you know, to speak of gratitude, we had lunch, we could go get food somewhere that was that was possible. And it's it's not possible for some people in the world. So I feel reminded of that on, on a more regular basis, I think, than maybe a lot of people. And um, it does make me angry sometimes to see that there are these disparate worlds, people who have a lot and people who have very little. But I also feel like it's a mentality. So to be poor in money and poor in spirit are very different. And I've never felt, Mm. uh, I can't say never, but I I don't feel like I'm coming from a place of poor in spirit. And that was a mentality shift. It's like, okay, you may not have money, but there's opportunity everywhere. And I I feel like that's what's driven me a lot through my life is to say, I don't, I don't have to accept that. (laughs) I can be an entrepreneur. I can go. And, you know, when I was a kid, I could push a a lawnmower. I could pull a rake. I could shovel snow. And so those are some of the ways I I thought, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in this. I sold candy when I was at school to other kids that did have. I remember that story. (laughs) So there was always always an opportunity where I I wasn't a victim of that. And I think if, if, you know, if, if you're in that mentality, like I'm a victim, then gosh, the world looks like a pretty dreary place. But if you go, whoa, there's so many possibilities. There's so many ways that I can steep myself in, in gratitude and connect with the opportunities around me to change my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. So gratitude card back to you for that share. Cause that was so amazing. And I'm trying to remember what all the different cards are, but I guess my question to you being able to just pretend it's a card is what did you feel like you most learned from that? You know, I think what, what comes up in the biggest way, there's a lot that I learned. One of them is the difference between risk and risky. And when we were kids, I felt like my mom was always trying to swing for the fences on whatever she did. It was this home run kind of thing she was always hoping for with whatever business endeavor. Mm-hmm. So she, when we were kids, we had this mailbox. My mom had received so much mail that she had to make the mailbox bigger. So the post office stopped delivering this. <laughs> you have so much mail coming to your house. And what she was getting in the mail were these get rich overnight, get rich quick schemes. So that was her approach. Like, oh, I'm going to make it on this next one. She really didn't have that follow through, sadly. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, she's a very smart person, very creative person. And she sort of fell into these things one after another, very naively. But in some cases, had she just stuck it out, it would have worked. But mm-hmm. she kept swinging for the fences. Like, we're going to be millionaires. It's like, you know, thousandaires would be enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe just an extra 500 a month, mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can think about that money going to some food that we need. That would be nice. So I, I think that's been a, a persistent question in my mind without being fearful and hoarding things, right? Because you could sort of get to that place where like you just hoard all of your money with fear that it's all going to go away. 
Uh, on the other side, you could risk it all in the market and lose it all and constantly be behind and, and looking for that next one. You're going to, oh, my, my, my number is going to come up in the lottery. I'm going to win. And look, those are all okay. I'm not judging those for anyone. For me, I've, I've looked at it and thought, is the choice that I'm making now risky or is it a risk? What, what is that? What are the boundaries of that? And it's, it's uh, I think, a powerful question in life. I don't want to fall off the board, so to speak. I don't want to go bankrupt. Right. And I don't want to be in a place where I'm having to ask for money all the time. So I know that when I'm okay, meaning that I feel okay, I have enough food on the table, I'm healthy, I'm getting enough sleep. So, so those are some of my boundaries. When I'm there, I can create magical things. I can really expand. And if I'm not there, then my mentality is compromised. It's like the vehicle that's not tuned up and you're trying to push the limits of it. And you just can't with a flat tire. You know, you gotta make sure there's, right. there's air in your tires. And so I think you sort of figure out what that minimum viable vehicle looks like. And then yeah. you say, can I, is that a good enough jumping off point? And that's been my question. So I say, can I, can I get to that place where my, my little vehicle is good enough that I can go everywhere else I need to and expand in the dimensions I want to? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the difference between being safe and uncomfortable, because I think for the most part, we're safe, right? We have a house, we have food, we have water, but if you want to stretch your limits and go further faster, like it's going to be uncomfortable. And I believe we get caught up sometimes in that fear mentality and fears trying to slow you down. It's like, wait a second, you're safe. All of your needs are being met. Anything beyond that might just be uncomfortable, but it's like that discomfort is how we grow. And I remind myself of that so often, like whenever we take a gamble or whenever we invest in ourselves, it's always going to be scary. Like the fear never goes away, but can you remind yourself of like, but wait a second, I am safe. Does this feel right? Is this a risk or risky, right? Is this a gamble or an investment? And ultimately knowing if you learn the lesson, whatever the lesson was, could we truly ever say that anything was bad? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I, I love how you frame that. Many fewer words than I did. So thank you for that. <laughs> like the, the comfort and, and safe and, and gamble versus investment. I think those are all really good frames to, to consider how we approach our life. And I'm reminded of neuroscience and the power of this amygdala. We have this part of our brain that goes, don't do that. You could die. And yet so much of our world is safe enough that we're not going to die. It's not a rattlesnake decision every day. And it's not, you know, are the Buffalo going to trample me? It's more like, should I, you know, have this conversation about my feelings or not? And chances are, you're not going to die. I mean, I don't assume so. It could be, maybe you tell the wrong person what your feelings are and (laughs) they kill you. It could happen. Uh, But those are some pretty fringe uh, sort of cases. I think in the majority of places, yeah, we are relatively safe. And from that safety, then it's okay to be uh, out of our comfort zone a little bit and push that discomfort. And, and that's really important. It's really important. I know that some of the greatest lessons in my life have come from being uncomfortable, experiencing pain. And it's not something I choose yeah. regularly, but it's something I'm becoming more aware of saying, okay, am I super comfortable? Gosh, I'm probably not learning a lot right now. Just, just as an awareness, True. not to say you should always yeah. be uncomfortable, always be comfortable. It's just to say, where am I right now? And having that awareness lets me tap into where I want to go next in my path. Yeah. I mean, I had to have an uncomfortable conversation with a girlfriend the other day of just speaking my truth. Like it's just not an alignment for me to go to this event and like that doesn't sound like it's a challenging conversation to have, but it is because it involves me being really honest, authentic, speaking my truth, potentially hurting her feelings when the easier thing to do would be brush it under the rug or ignore it or don't say it or show up and do something not in alignment for me because I don't want to have the conversation. But at the same time, by having that conversation, it allows us to understand each other so much better. And just like in Gratitude, it opens up that door for vulnerability, connection, and intimacy. You, you bring up a really good point. And I, I think what works so well about Gratitude and the way that I have designed it with collaboration of other people is to say, I want the space itself to be safe. And I don't want people to feel judged, right? There's, there's the, that's also sort of on this continuum. You, you want to feel free to share without feeling like someone's going to come down on you for what you've shared. And so there's a lot of listening in the game. You don't have to agree with someone to listen to them. 
And that's such a powerful thing right now where we are in the world. There are a lot of controversial things out there and ideas. You talk about, like, why don't we talk about politics, religion, sex? And, you know, they're, they're because they're so charged and we feel like they can be very yeah. divisive. And so we live in a, a world that can be very divided right now. And, and yet I can get into this game, hear someone's opinion, listen, and then it becomes someone else's turn. So yes, it could open up into a bigger conversation and, and good. You know, you'll know if that's cool for your group, what, what sort of guidelines and, and uh, boundaries you want to put on the thing. But the, the game itself is a way to say, I shared this. And then there's a card, like you said, there's a card you can pass. And I, I hadn't one to you virtually here. And I was talking to a gentleman who played with his mom. And he, he shared some things that are very similar to my mom. So I'll, I'll revert back to not sharing someone else's story and sharing mine. Sometimes I feel like my mom has this really perfect idea of the world. It's exactly as she imagines in her mind. And if she asks a question, it's only to verify that the picture that she has is exactly the way it is. And right. <laughs> I feel like there's not a lot of authentic listening there. So that's that's a specific dynamic, but maybe other people feel that. Well, anyway, this person related something similar uh, that his mom would ask very, very specific questions. And, and she's from uh, Europe. OK, so it's also cultural. Anyway, it wasn't open ended. So the, the way he wanted to answer a question wasn't available. Right. <laughs> if you're a multiple choice question, A, B, C and D, it wasn't there. He wanted the essay version of it. And she, she always had this. OK, it's B, but tell me more about B. And he's like, well, it's not really B. So when they played the game, she was able to listen and he could go where he wanted to go. And he said that he felt hurt. He was able to go to a place in his communication with her that wasn't so specific along her lines, but she was still willing to listen because of the game. And he came to a new point of understanding with her. Yes. Oh, and I would say that was one of the biggest things I noticed. And I think I shared this with you when we were playing in Ecuador with my dad and Caroline and Meredith is that I really was able to see that everyone felt so seen and heard. So, I mean, you know, my work as a coach, I, I read people, I see them. And so many people, you can tell that their ego is flaring up from this place of like, listen to me, damn it. Like, why am I not seen and heard? And the one thing I really noticed about this game is that people got a chance to speak and everyone was just giving them the attention and listening and ultimately giving them that space. And you could at least I could, I could see it. I could feel the shift in the human being of, it was like the tension was removed from their body of like, finally, all I really want is to be seen and heard. You don't even have to agree with me, but you just gave me the space. And I don't know if everybody else was aware of this, but energetically, I could see it and feel that every time we play that the, the biggest thing is people are just feeling seen and heard. And that is so powerful. I, I 100% agree with you. And there's, there's something powerful about silence. You know, we, we so often, I'm going to give the, the ex, sort of words positive and negative, not in a moralistic sense. But if you think about a letter, just imagine a letter in your mind. So give me a letter. L. Letter. L? Okay, great. Yeah, L. L. So imagine L. And is it an uppercase or lowercase? Uppercase. Okay, uppercase L. So now imagine the complete space that borders L. Okay, so I'm imagining the color of the letter. What's the color of the letter? It's blue. Okay, it's a blue. It is all one color, all of it's blue? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so the L is blue. Now, what's the space around it? What, what color is the space around it? It's white. Okay, so you've got white and you've got blue, and blue takes up the space, and it's an uppercase L. So now imagine that you can't see the L for a moment in its positive space, but now imagine the negative space around it, that white space and that negative space. Can you imagine that? Yes. Okay. So in the same sense, think about a conversation where the words and what's being said is that blue. It's taking up the space. But then imagine everything around that blue is also holding in as the context and as the container of that conversation. Uh So how important then is it to have that space around? If everything was blue, you wouldn't be able to see the L. And if it was all noise, you wouldn't be able to hear the message. And so there's power in having that positive and negative. There's a balance. 
And so often in life, it's just so much noise. It's just filled. It's all blue. Or maybe in your world, it's like all red. All you can do is see red. You're in reaction, 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 reaction. Or maybe you're in that calm blue. And the reason I bring that up is because sometimes when you think about music, for example, the music is the space between the notes. And so when we choose to listen and allow there to be that moment of silence with us, I think it's a sign of friendship. Yeah, being able to be silent together and not needing to fill that space. And that's one of my favorite things about you is that you are such a good listener. You don't rush to fill in the conversation. You aren't trying to, you're not thinking of your reply when I'm speaking. You're just present and you're listening. And that's one of those things I also notice about a lot of people. How often are they actually listening versus listening to reply? And in this game, you so beautifully put it with the visualization that was really helpful with this game. I've noticed that people really just, they get a chance to be heard and that's beautiful. There's something beautiful there just in being heard, you know, and and so often I think in life, we want to do something. It's the do, 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 do. And and, and I think about this paradox, holding space. Right. Space. What is space? And then we're holding it. Holding space for you. Yeah. So, so holding space, what does it really mean? And, and yet when we listen, we're holding space when we really, you know, we're present and listening, not the active listening because, because people have sort of learned, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Or they're on their phone while you're talking to them. Oh God, with quality time being my number one love language, it's one of those things that irks me. And I'm really working on speaking up about it in a loving way. Like, Hey, can, can we drop in you and I, or is what on your phone more important than me right now? And sometimes it is, and I completely respect and honor that. And at the same time, could we perhaps communicate like, hey, I apologize, I really need to get to this, then I'll give you my full attention. But how often do we have those types of vulnerable conversations? I think you're right. We're so distracted. And so part of the the beauty of any interaction is the, you know, accepting that invitation and saying, I am going to be present with you. I'm going to be here in this moment. And I think there's magic and use whatever you word you want in that space. Maybe the word isn't magic. Maybe it's more powerful. Maybe it's a miracle. But there's something synergetic, right? So synergy is when you take the components and the sum is greater than the, the sum of the components themselves, right? So one plus one equals three or five or a hundred, you know? And so when we come together and it's a one plus one, and then we can allow that space between us to sort of create a beautiful, I don't know, inspired place, you know, and we allow that inspiration to come between us. I think miracles can come out of that. We both might have a realization that neither one of us on our own could possibly have, but because we accepted that invitation and showed up and were present together, something else came out of it. Yeah. Bingo. Exactly. I mean, I think about the work I do as a coach, it's two people coming together and asking the questions and digging into these concepts that create that aha moment. And it doesn't have to always be that way. I mean, I have a lot of my aha moments, just journaling and processing myself. And at the same time, I mean, you have been on the other side of the equation on plenty of hikes with me as I'm processing and then realizing what actually came up and then the puddle of tears on the trail. I'm like, Oh, thank you. But like that took two, that took two people coming together, one talking, one listening and holding space for that magic to occur, which is the magic of gratitude. It is is magic of gratitude, but it's a gift, right? The gift is choosing to come together and be open. and, And I love I mean, you, you have so much creativity, you have so much connection to spirit. And when I listen and when I ask questions that, that really come up for me as you're sharing something, it gives me a chance to learn and it gives me a chance to explore thoughts that I've had. And, and I, I love our interactions like that because there's so much that comes up as a gift to me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. I received that. <laughs> It's like we're doing our own ad hoc game of Gratitude here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with Gratitude, I know it's not yet available in stores. I'm, the Kickstarter's not out there yet, but how are people going to be able to find you and, and eventually get this world-renowned, most gifted game of Gratitude? So you're right. It's not on Kickstarter yet, but that's where we're headed. So quarter one of 2022, as we get into 11-11, 
is 22, which is kind of cool when you think about it. Yeah, um, it'll become Power available. Numbers. And I think for you know for people who want to get a, a single game or are interested in maybe uh, this for an organization or this for a school or, or whatever, we have different versions that we're, we're working on as well. So there's the the OG, the original Gratitude. And the the BIG, the business innovation game, oh, the I love world that. game. We have lots of different versions. We're working with authors. We and I can I can announce those once they become uh, more known. But we have some really well known authors that uh, we'll be partnering with to take their books that we can then play as a game where we're sharing personal stories. And, you know, it's like when you do that, it becomes real. So a lot of different avenues, a lot of different ways to do this for companies as well, uh, for team building. And some of our ideas are like, hey, what would it look like to work with a big company? Imagine Airbnb, for example, the the fun and inspired and and smart talent that's there. And then connecting all of those people and all the travelers. To, to ask these questions. I mean, here we are traveling and, and people who are Airbnb travelers, great opportunity to explore new things and explore those things together and, and deep connectivity. So lots of different versions of the game and, and open to ideas and partnerships. And so people who are interested in the game might also say, hey, I could see this working really well for my company. Or, Gosh, this would work great in this school. And so if you go to graticube.game, so it's www.graticube, G-R-A-T-I-C-U-B-E dot G-A-M-E. And we'll drop that link in the show notes. Me on the wait list. And so what I would ask people to do is they go and click on that button is to share whatever feels right in that moment and particularly gratitude. I I mean, it's such a beautiful thing to hear what people are grateful for and connect at that level. And I tend to uh, respond with gratitude. So if somebody wants to do that, there's a little button that says, put me on the wait list. And that's a great way to, to get ready for the launch of gratitude. Oh, I love it. And we're going to put those links down in the show notes. And I love that the premise of the game is gratitude. And I know in the box now you have that everyone starts by sharing a gratitude, right? Yes. That's, that's, that that's make the, it to the next version. That's <laughs> the biggest, yeah. The, the, the starting point is gratitude. And, yeah. you know, you could play with just the cubes, you could play with just the cards, or you could get crafty and play with the cubes and the card like we did. So yeah. it's, a, it's a way to expand. But, you know, sometimes people, as they're getting into this, go, well, that's kind of complicated. I don't know. <laughs> and then once you start, you know, thinking in this way, I, I feel like it changes everything. It, it really changes my mind. And so I can roll the dice in the morning and go, huh, that's interesting. I wonder how I can bring more now uh, into my life around joy. How can, yeah. how can I just be steeped in joy in this moment, this moment, this, this, this everlasting and perpetual now moment? Yeah. Or, or pulling a card and allowing that to be your focal point for the day or your intention or your meditation or your reflection. Like when was the time that I had no money, you know, to really reflect on that. And for me, like if I pulled that card today, it would be a really good reminder of look how far I've come. Mm. Like, wow. Like look at where I'm living. I'm traveling the world. I'm living in Tulum, Mexico. It's a really abundant lifestyle, like a completely different relationship with money than I've ever had before. And so something as simple as pulling that card first thing in the morning, should I take even just 30 seconds to reflect on it? is a really powerful start of the day. And that's not even me playing with another human being. Yeah, that's beautiful. The image that just came to mind was, you know, they talk about optimism and pessimism as glass half full or glass half empty questions. Yeah, yeah. And, and gratitude's like, you got a glass. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you got a glass, man. Who cares what's in it? You have a glass. Yeah, then you start there and you're like, oh my gosh, and there's stuff in it. <laughs> best day ever <laughs> so it's, that's a cool way to start the day is say like you know 99 percent of my life is great and then sometimes i just dwell on that one percent i might spend 99 percent of my day dwelling on the one percent that's not perfect and then i go right. you know, i am perfectionist but i'm working on it <laughs> <laughs> and and so it's easy to get you get sidetracked and go into that autopilot of what i don't have but when I, when I stay in my gratitude practice, which is I wake up in the morning and it starts right then. I haven't even left my bed. My eyes are open. I'm alive. I made it. And yeah. from there, all these gratitude, feelings of gratitude cascade. And those are good days. Those are good yeah. days when I start there. So yeah. I feel like this is another way to expand on the practice and to involve others and be inspired. 
Yes. Yes. So much. Yes. So much. Yes. Ah, Sam, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast and you shared your wisdom and your knowledge. And I'm so excited for when Gratitude comes out into the world and more people can get their hands on the physical copy. Um, Are you still going to be doing an online version as well? Or is that postponed still in the works what's that looking like we we will do an online version we're working on right now just a way to roll the cubes online mm-hmm. so that's that's the start of it but the long-term vision is i'd like this to be something people can use to connect across continents or physical right. distances but i really do think the gratitude game is something you want to have in your hands and play face-to-face looking at each other's eyeballs getting yeah. into that really deep and lovely connectivity in person when possible. And when it's not possible, then yes, the online version, and we're pushing towards that. But, you know, first things first, let's get this game out to a lot of people that can experience it. We have um, wooden dice. We have these other really cool kind of D&D Dungeons and Dragons looking dice, Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful. So those are in the works. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun just a lot of fun in this journey. And what one, one thing I'd like to, to sort of conclude with from my side, first of all, is, is the gratitude I have being here with you. This is always a lovely space. I love our conversations. I always learn something and new things come up for me. And I feel like what's so wonderful about this journey is the people I meet in gratitude. Like mm-hmm. if you think about what, what people have in common, you might be, oh, we play tennis or oh, we play chess or, hey, this person went to the same school. Cool. Um, that might be what connects you. Great. Do you, have, do you value gratitude? Is that a practice? And the more people I connect with that have a practice of gratitude, the more I realize how connected I am with them. There's the deeper, deeper lines of connection, kind of like an aura. You know, if you can imagine one person's aura, mm-hmm. right? You see all the colors. And then imagine two people sitting together and three people and then four. And then all of those little colorful lines connecting into Mm. all the people, not just staying in that one space, but then imagine some of those lines, joy and love and wisdom and courage. And and so those are what connect us in the gratisphere. And that's what I want to see more of is more of those connections on gratitude. Uh. Oh, I got chills. It's such a powerful visual because we're all energetic beings first, right? And when we come together, we feel each other's energy. And when I think about that example of the L in conversation, you're right. It's not so much what you say, but it's how you say it. It's the body language, the tones, it's the energy. It's we can feel people's vibe more so than what they do or what they say. And I just absolutely think that this game is transformational because it just goes so much deeper Uh, than just that surface level connection. And I believe with more connection, uh, like authentic connection, we can completely change the world. It's a brand new paradigm and moving away from the shoulds, moving away from the fear, moving away from the doctrines that we've been handed around separation and instead into a much more heart-centric, gratitude-based paradigm and reality. So beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And I I really do think we can do that one step at a time. You know, sometimes you look at how do we change the world? And it's these huge questions, you know, how do we impact all the plastics in the ocean? And how do we take that out? So we don't have these microplastics, right? Just as one example, it's like a huge island of plastic floating and these Mm -hmm. scientists working on it with lots of money. It feels like these are huge tectonic plates. And the question, well, what can I do? And I think it's simply go into your heart and connect with more people and love. And so however you do that, whether you get this game and you decide this is something I want to bring into my friend group and expand or not, you just say, gosh, what I took away from this is I can live with more love and maybe invite people that are, that are on the edges that are just waiting to share, but maybe a little scared of sharing mm. and give them that invitation, just pull them in a little closer and yeah. be in love I think the world will shift. It, it, it yeah. will shift. That's, that's yeah. an opportunity we all have. And we can do that right now. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Beautifully well said, right? It's like we can think globally, act locally. It's like you have control over your little reality of your energy and your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions. But don't underestimate the power of the fact that you have control over you and your feelings and your thoughts. So, okay, to finish this up, I always love to ask everyone the same question, which is what advice would you give to the person looking to manifest it all? Well, <laughs> I, would, I would say 
from the context of time and the context of now, the, the eternal now, you've already manifested it. What you should wake up to is that it's here and you want to realize the manifestation of it into your life. It's, it's already there. Everything that you ever needed, never wanted is, this is like um, the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz begins when she lands in this colorful place. She's given the ruby red slippers. Mm-hmm. And the whole time she has the power to go home. She just doesn't know it. She's got the slippers on, the ruby red slippers and the power are already there from the very beginning of that story. And she can go back at any time. And I think that's true for all of us. So for, for someone that wants to have it all, realize you already have it all. It's already there within your power. And now it's activating in the same way that you have all the DNA you need. Some of it's activated. Some of it's not. The job is to activate it. So the question then is, what are you waiting for as you get ready to activate it? So good, Sam. Thank you. Like I received that wisdom from you so deeply. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, amazing followers of the Manifest It All podcast. If you are so thrilled to get your hands on some gratitude, definitely click the link in the show notes, put yourself on the waiting list. And just thank you so much for being here, Sam. Thank you for being here. It's truly a gift. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what I shared today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe so you never miss a show and I can keep the good stuff coming your way. I love sharing this content with you and teaching you how to manifest the life of your dreams. And if we aren't already connected on social, come soak up some extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifest with Emerald or visiting my website at emeraldsinclair.com. In the meantime, go on out there and manifest some magic and repeat after me. I am worthy of everything my heart desires and more. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.